I'd like to take the opportunity to introduce Harold Bullock to you. He has uh, been used by God in my life to really make a, a difference. I have always been challenged by his heart set on doing what God wants him to do, what God wants him to do, the way God uh, wants it done. And I have been challenged from early on. We have an opportunity this morning just to step back and see how we're a part or a part, a bigger, a part of something much bigger than ourselves. Uh, we're connected to other churches. There's a network of churches that we're connected to that really flow out of Harold and Deborah's ministry in Fort Worth. Uh, I'd like to show you a, a video in, in a moment just that gives you a little glimpse of that. We, we have a network of churches called the Hope Global Network and Church of Valley is a part of that. And particularly what we're trying to do is uh, help start uh, churches that are value-shaping churches, that develop kingdom values that are lived out by the people in those churches. And it's been a, a real honor of mine to know Harold and Deborah and to watch them live their life. I was, the very first time I actually met him, I had already been impacted by his life for several years before that. But um, I, he was in ministry, Harold was in ministry in Southern California in student ministry among college students, and he helped a guy named Thad King begin to grow. Thad King, when I was in college, met with me, and he helped me begin to learn how to grow and get my roots sunk into the, the Bible and scriptures and try to figure out how to start doing ministry. And so Harold indirectly for a few years was impacting my life, and then uh, we met, we were, Cindy and I were helping to start a church in Riverside right after college, and I talked that church into bringing Harold and Deborah out to help, to help us figure out how, how is it that you communicate the message of Christ to people in a relational way, and they came out, and it was great, so I actually met him then. He had been legendary before then, and then I got to meet the real person. And I have deeply appreciated the impact he's made on my life. But I'd like to show you this video. It's a pretty cool picture. The lights in the video represent places that uh, men and women have gone out from hope to start churches and ministries. So check this out. picture to see, isn't it? We're a part of something much bigger, of course, in the context of what God's doing in the world and the universe. Uh, we're all privileged to be a part of that. But Harold has been 
a real example of me, particularly in, in faith and diligence. He's, he's about 10 years ahead of me, and so I'm able to watch him at a time when many people would be thinking, how am I going to wrap up ministry and start to take it easy? He is still pushing hard, and that has pulled me along. He and Deborah, as I said, they've been an amazing team that both Cindy and I have watched and learned a tremendous amount from. So we're really glad that they're here today to celebrate with us. Harold, would you come on up and speak to us? Um, And we are anxious to hear. Thank you, brother. I am a noted speaker. I have lots of notes. <laughs> oh, it's, it is a delight to be with you guys today. Tremendous delight for me and Deborah. I, I want to congratulate you. I, 25 years. Some of you have been here a short time. Uh, others of you have been here a long time. I, I want to congratulate you. Uh, You've accomplished something very significant. And um, from the bottom of my heart, congratulations. And from Hope Church in Fort Worth, congratulations. Uh, What you've done has been very significant. I want to take you back, look a little bit at history gone by. And then uh, take a look at some insights out of the Word of God, about building the work of God, and then uh, look ahead at an anniversary time. It's a time to look back and enjoy and learn, and then look ahead at the good things God has yet to do. Uh, years ago, my wife Deborah and I began a church in Fort Worth. Uh, we were in student ministry. I started off at the University of Southern California. Uh, and that's how I got to California, working in the, in the grad school there in chemistry, working on a doctorate. And met Deborah. She was going to school at UCLA. Uh, so football season, we find another team to root for. Uh, we met, got married, really enjoyed Southern California. The Lord told me I was going into the ministry, so I started working with college student ministries. And uh, then in due time, the Lord pointed to Fort Worth to do graduate school in theology after several years. So we went there. I thought we'd be back here, but God led to start a church in Fort Worth. Uh, whenever he spoke about ministry, he spoke about some to me about some long-term things, some directions I should head. And then in 78, it was very clear, 77, that we should begin a specific type of church in Fort Worth for the purpose of seeing work started other places. And um, not to be rich and famous, and in that, to that extent, we have been able to fulfill our calling. But uh, to see things start other places and to give ourselves for the ministry there and people there and to ask God for life other places. So this is a picture of me and Deborah. Uh, about 1982, it was a little bit after we started the church, our daughter Jessica, whom some of you know, is now in her 30s. Uh, we began and uh, we started a, a little church in the old economically downturned area. And we met at a place called the Southside Lions Club. It was a, a decent place. They had a lot of events there in the old area. Uh, a lot of times on Sunday morning, we'd get in early, roll out the beer kegs, 
air the place out, and then we'd have worship service. Uh, we began to grow, and over time, uh, the, we moved to bigger places. Deborah and I had very little money, so we bought an old house to redo. Now, my father had taught me how to work with my hands, so I didn't have money, but I knew how to do things. So we bought a place that really needed a lot of help. Had to rip out the floors, rip out the walls, rewire it, replumb it. A couple moved from California to uh, learn at Hope and go to seminary in Fort Worth. And uh, they came over occasionally to help us on the old house. Uh, one day a friend dropped by the video camera, and we made some video. Take a look at this. This is my wife, Deborah, talking. She's the voiceover. One of the several Saturdays that many of you came over to help us on the house at 1908 College. People were giving their time, their trucks, uh, and a lot of hard work to help the house come together. I I used to be handling this one right here. And uh, we'll read the level. I can run the jacks right there. Under under the house. In life and everything else, it takes a good foundation. And a lot of time was spent uh, making piers and making the shims that go on top, bracing it. This is Randy Lanthrop. All right. Here we have a woman's touch. How's it going, Cindy? All right. That was a little while ago. Uh, Randy and Cindy finished training with us and uh, finished up schooling, moved back to Diamond Bar, California, to start a church. Uh, this they were. This is them at the time of Diamond Bar's start. Uh, Diamond, the church here, Church in the Valley, started uh, in public worship over at the Shiloh uh, Inn, a room there. And over time has really grown. Uh, many years have passed. And you guys have had an impact. Uh, hope has grown. You know, our church has grown. We, we finally, after 20 years, uh, we bought a building. Uh, largest bowling alley in the whole area was damaged by storm. So we got it for a really cheap price. Uh, and stripped it out and built sort of an interior village on the inside. And that's our facility today. It sits on the major east-west freeway at an easy off, easy on. And you can see the city skyline in the background. Uh, that's, over time, good things have happened. Uh, we've sent out a lot of people. You saw some of the lights a while ago. Uh, we've been at it now for 30-some years. And um, CIV has grown. And CIV has multiplied. Over time, you guys have had quite quite an impact. Take a look at this video.
Deborah and I visited with the Chico Community Church this summer. And uh, they are coming to the point that they'll be able to start another church before long. So what was begun here has literally multiplied. Now, Randy and Cindy started the work, but just like in Fort Worth, we started the work. But there are people who've been with us through the years, people who've committed, people who have made this thing happen. A lot of people wondered if anything would happen, but some people have made things happen. And I congratulate you. You see, it takes a bunch of people working together. Now, but when, when we start something, whether it's you know starting Hope or Randy and Cindy starting here, or or you starting stuff, what you want is you want God to do the magical. But what you discover is God gives not the magical but the meaningful. This is the way life happens. We we want the magical, but God gives the meaningful. Now we hope and wish that God will just magically do it. You know that uh, He'll show up, and boy, things will happen pretty quick. And and you know part of the hope is we can see it happen. It'll be there. We can see it. Another part is. You know, we, we get excited. We'd be really excited by God's power if all of a sudden things happened and we'd praise him for great things. Oh, praise you, Lord. We, you know, we did this awesome thing. I mean, he, he did. I mean, one time he opened up the Red Sea. Now, that was a story to tell. Uh, we'd praise him for great things. We'd tell our unbelieving friends and family about the great thing we saw God do, uh, you know, about how great he is and and then that we got to see it, and, and sort of, we also sort of tell them we're, we're God's homeboy because He did a miracle for us. He doesn't normally do miracles, but He did a miracle for us. So obviously, we're on the inside here. And then we'd go home. You know, we'd see the great thing happen. Then we'd go home, and we'd have paid very little for it. Emotionally, financially, time-wise, uh, we we would get on with life, most with most of our resources intact, and we'd enjoy ourselves because boy, the great thing has happened. God did it, and I can get on with my life. We'd be excited about these things, but somehow we want the magical, but God gives instead the meaningful. What? what what is meaningful to you? I can tell you. I mean, the magical will be fun, right? But the meaningful is different. The meaningful is the thing that has really cost us. It cost us emotional energy. It cost us physical energy. It cost us financially. It cost us persevering through troubles. That's what's meaningful to us. The thing that's meaningful is the thing that our work produced. You're glad other people have stuff they've done, but it's what you've done. That's what's meaningful to you, the work of your own hands, what you produced, what you created, what you made happen. What's meaningful to you, my friend, is the stuff that when you look back and you've prayed prayed for it again and again and again and again and again and again, God has answered prayers. Never in that magical way. But you look back and yeah, you can see, yeah, he's he's at your prayer. And, but then there's something else to pray for. 
And over time, this grows very meaningful to you. The thing that's really meaningful to you is what's right before God and what honorably brings benefit to other people. Now, you know, in our society, we brag about wild experiences. Uh, wild past that we might have had. Or not, we sort of brag about that, or guys brag about it. But whenever we do something that really is right before God, and it really does benefit people in an honorable way, we feel good about that. And we feel good about that for a very long time. That's, that's meaningful, you see. Well, we, we pray for the magical. But instead of the magical, God calls us on a journey. A journey to follow him and a journey to learn with him, to create things, team with him, to make things happen. This is what God does. Whenever the disciples were walking one day with Jesus, he'd already risen from the dead. He appeared and disappeared and taught them a whole lot. And now they sense something really big is getting ready to happen. And as they're walking with him out to some place, they say to him, Okay, Lord, is this it? Is this when you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're looking for all kinds of fireworks and amazing things. And then here he is, king of glory and power. And Rome goes, Oh, no! And they flee the country. Is this it? And he says, Well, it's not for you guys to know these kind of things. Times, times and seasons, those belong to the Father. But you guys, you'll be my witnesses here in Jerusalem and in Judea, the region around there, and over in the neighboring area, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Lord, is this it? Is this the magical thing? You're going to do it now. He says, no, I'm calling you on a journey with me. And it's going to be interesting. The ends of the earth. I don't even have my passport. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff in that statement. So we join in. And and then God works. Uh, First of all, he works in us. He teaches us a whole lot. He teaches about ourselves. Boy, you learn how much you really got together as you set out on that journey. He teaches a lot about him. You learn things about God that you'd heard about, but now you know they're really true. He teaches us a lot about relating to him. I mean, it's his team, and we've got to figure out how to deal with the guy. He does it his way. God works in us. God also works through us. Boy, you begin to see why you're wired like you are. You begin to see the contribution you can make over time. Yeah. God thought all this up. God's the one who's given me this ability. And it fits together with everybody else's, so we get something done. God works, God works through our efforts. We do have to put in effort. And it takes a long time. But you get to see God work through it all. Wow. God works through us. He also works with us. He keeps giving strength whenever you think you don't have any left. I can't go any further. All of a sudden, you discover you got three more steps in you. God keeps giving insight. There, there are times whenever you don't know what to do. And God will, God will show up and help you acquire the understandings or just give it to you. And it's not enough where you can run out and say, Everybody, I have the answer to the problems of the whole world. God just showed me. 
No, but it'll take you on the next steps on the journey. Uh, He gives resources. Stuff shows up when you need it. The right people you're connected to at the right time. Uh, Money comes to bear at the right times. And uh, other things show up. Deborah and I have a long list of these. None of them are those kinds of things, or almost none of them are those kinds of things where everybody will say, well, God obviously did that. But you know. You know. I mean, you were brave for this, and all of a sudden it came together. God works giving insight. He works giving resources. And God works causing things to happen. Stuff that, that's beyond us. It's more than what we can do. If you we weren't doing anything, nothing would happen. But it's more than what we can do. This is how God works. That's what God does. How about us? What happens to us? Well, we get tired a lot. You get tired. Why? Because it's, it's the work of God. It's not the party of God. It's the work of God. And then besides that, you know, God's building his kingdom, but you got all kinds of stuff to take care of. You got a job, you got, maybe you got family, you have to do laundry. I mean, you just get tired a lot. There are a lot of other things to do. Sometimes, sometimes because of the work of God, we get in a bind. We got all this stuff to take care of and we, we make a bad choice and then all of a sudden we're really in a bind financially. We've got a lot of pressure on us for all, all kinds of ways and it's all because we're trying to do the, the things of God. If we just quit that stuff, everything would simplify. Not really, but we think it would. Uh, or maybe, maybe it's just because life's unpredictable. There's stuff happened we didn't see. And, no, but now we're in a bind. That, that's the way it goes. We also get, we got a lot of calluses. Why? Most times when God works, his people get calluses. We want, we want God just to show up and do it. You know, um, the Harry Potter movies involve magic. There were some real good things about them, some things not so good about them. So I don't know where you are on Harry Potter. But we sort of want God to show up like him. Oh, God, please show up and go, boom. And then we go, oh, oh, that was easy. Do another one, God. And uh, so we get, you know, we get tired and we want God to show up and go, boom. And then we go, oh, I'm ready for another 26 miles. No, it doesn't happen that way usually. Or we get in a bind. Uh, when I was 41 years old, I told my wife, Deborah, that was 25 years ago. As far as I can tell, there is nothing in our life that another $100,000 wouldn't solve. That was $100,000 25 years ago. Uh, and it was true. You know, so, God, you on the cattle on a thousand hills? How about send the beef truck? That <laughs> don't happen. Uh, it just, he just works and we get calluses. Sometimes we get hurts. I'd like you to see somebody in the scriptures uh, for whom this happened. This is the Apostle Paul. Paul's a guy who planted a lot of churches around the Roman Empire. And a guy God really worked through. One of the churches, it started growing pretty large, and fellows started showing up who were super apostles. And uh, out to make a lot of money. And they were putting down Paul. Oh, he's just a wimp. He's a nobody. So Paul writes back to the church, and he says, hey, you guys are so impressed with these fellows. Okay, they've been bragging about stuff. Let me brag a little bit. 
And he said, I know it's silly before God, but I'm going to do this just to show you something. In 2 Corinthians 11, he says, this is what he says. I, I bullet pointed this so he can follow it a little bit easier. I have worked harder, worked, been put in prison more often, been whipped time without number. Uh, this means whipped by the local officials. They were very serious when they did this. I, I have faced death again and again. Death. I have five different times. The Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. That's a very, very hard beating. Uh, three times I was beaten with rods. They did not just use whip. They used rods to beat him to a pulp. Once I was stoned. When you look at the scriptures, it looks like he was actually killed and God just pulled him back. Three, uh, three times I was shipwrecked. This was before GPS. No, in an era of sailing ships. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea with no aircraft scanning for survivors of the wreck. See, he's just there. I have traveled on many, many long journeys without an automobile. I have faced danger from rivers, swollen, swollen rivers, robbers and mountain passes. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, and, and from the Gentiles, people he's trying to reach. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but who are not. Well, these are some of the worst hurts we get. It's people that we thought were real Christians, really following God, and at a certain point, they turn and they do things that damage us. And boy, that really hurts deeply. You say, I, I can't believe this. These people are Christians and they have done this kind of thing. Oh, it just makes you want to quit. Well, he, he experienced this. I worked hard and long. Enduring many sleepless nights. This is not exactly called a balanced life. He's on mission. He is balanced, but it's with the momentum of someone on a bicycle, not someone trying to stand on a, on a high wire. I, I've been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food, shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. If, if I must boast, he's saying to the guys, if I, if I got to boast, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll boast about how weak I am. You know, these other guys are great apostles. God does wonderful things. Paul, he just gets beat up. You know, if Paul showed up in town, and the way we think about things, everybody would go, oh, this is wonderful. The man of power is here. We're going to see miracles. You know, poof. Probably what they were saying when Paul showed up is, oh, no, he got beaten nearly to death in that last city. This is going to be rough. But that's his boast. God has taken me through. Over time, you see, you know, we can get hurt even. But over time, we grow and change. We actually grow out of these things. We turn into a different person. And over time, we gain a story to tell. It's a story worth telling. A story about God's faithfulness. You see... We sang that song a little bit earlier. It had the phrase in it, take my life and let it be. Well, years ago, Deborah and I said to the Lord, take our life, and he did. We ain't, we ain't been that great. 
Compared to Paul's list of troubles, we had very few. But today I'm 66. The beard is white. But you know, every one of you, 25 years from now, you're going to be 25 years older, unless you die. You don't have to do anything. You just get older. What will happen while you get that way? God brings growth out of life over time. This is a pattern that God uses. Um, this, he brings growth out of life over time. Jesus talked about how significant things are going to happen in his kingdom and, and the work of God, the really significant stuff. This is how it will happen, he says. It's going to be like a grain of mustard seed. He told him another parable saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. Uh, the, the man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all seeds. It's, he's talking about it's tiny. Uh, but when it's grown, it's produced, it's larger than all the garden plants. becomes a tree so that birds from the air can make their nest in its branches. Mustard seeds, they're tiny. You want to see? <laughs> That's pretty small. But the mustard seed has life. In it. And when that life, that living thing, is put into the ground, it's invested in the ground, then what results from a mustard seed over time is huge. This is what a mustard plant looks like. See, birds from the air could actually make their nests in those branches. Just not tiny, tiny thing. They have life. It's invested. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven, he says, again, the work that God's going to do, is like leaven that a woman took and hid in some measure, a measure of flour till it was all leavened. You know, you take, you take the leaven, take a little uh, crumble up yeast, or you take the, the yeast that it's a living organism, you put it in the flour, or you put a starter in, and it'll make all the dough rise. The living stuff... Once it's put into the lump of dough, it's invested in there. Over time, it works through the whole lump. What does it look like? It looks like this. It's sort of pushed all up and flowing over. And my step-grandmother was a tremendous baker. We loved it when she made stuff. We were at her house one time, and uh, she had made some pies and had made some cakes, and she had was going to make some bread. She made fabulous bread. And she had put yeast into the fridge and I was waiting for the bread to rise, you know, the, the leaven to work all the way through. And uh, she had put it in a large bowl and, you know, so it would be plenty of room. And then I put a cover over the top of it and a pie on top of the cover. You know what happened? She opened the fridge later and the pie had been mashed through the shelf. Because of the power in the leaven. She had no idea it was going to do that. Well, that, this, is, this is how the significant things happen in the kingdom of God. They require two things. One is life. Mustard seed. Leaven. Now, two is time. It's life invested. And for us, it's a life that comes from following Christ. That's, that's the kind of life you, you can't get out of the party. It, it's a real life. Invested over time. And it takes root and does stuff. Life and time. 
God works, grows his work over time. Today, we're, we're in a, you know, we're in a short-term culture. We think very short-term. And uh, our society thinks that way. If it doesn't happen fast or if we're trying to do something, we run into a little bit of difficulty. Say we get involved in church and we have a little bit of difficulty. Well, whatever it is, uh, we're out of here. You know, it's got to happen fast. If it doesn't happen fast, we're gone. So very often what happens is we miss out on what God is doing. Sometimes the Lord moves and a large number of people come to Christ. Uh, if you study, if you look at it from a historical angle, they call them revivals. If you look at it from the angle of missions, it's called people movements. Uh, these occasionally happen. Christ acts and things happen in a very short time. Those are very blessed times, but are also exceptional times. They don't happen very often. Uh, today, the way we're wired is once one of these movements occurs somewhere in the world... What we start doing is one of two things. Either we keep trying to get God to do it here, in my place, my circumstances. He did it over there, but we want him to do it here. We try to figure out the right prayers or the right Bible verses or whatever to get Harry Potter to go, boom, and there's the mustard tree. And uh, we try hard. Uh, Or, on the other side, if you're wired a little bit differently, you try to figure out the unique method that God used in this situation to cause this over there. And then we're going to take that, and we're going to do that here, and that'll be the mustard tree. But we can learn things from movements that happen in other places. But the way God does things is a little bit different from that. We, we want to, we'd like to find this new microwave thing that'll just microwave that mustard plant. There it is. I like this cartoon. Earl, are you ready for church yet? But he's he's got he's got his microwave kingdom stuff in there, and you know, you know, just in a minute or two, that's going to be. Well, we don't microwave the work of God. It doesn't happen that way. Whenever neither comes true, we can't find the right prayer to say so that it happens here now. Or we can't find the right method to do to make it happen here now. Then what, what we do is we move on to something else. Something new. But very often, God does his work over time. Again, we can learn, but God does his work over time. I'll give you an example. The work that the Apostle Paul did. Uh, Paul did it across the Roman Empire in the first century. He says in Colossians 1.6, uh, This same good news that came to you, he writes this church, is going out all over the world. The word he uses is a Greek word that means the Roman Empire, the Roman world, not the whole planet. It's bearing fruit everywhere and changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard of it and understood the truth. So the message is going out. 300 years later, Christianity takes over Rome. But that's 300 years. That is a very slow microwave. It's more like a tree growing. I want to challenge you guys. Let the life of Christ grow, the real life grow in you. Get, get serious about walking with Christ. If you're brand new here and you're not sure exactly what that is, check it out. You should make an intelligent decision. But yield your life fully to him. Uh, rather than chasing the American dream, chase the kingdom dream. 
the thing that God can do through you. And then band together over the long haul to cooperate with God. Uh, to work hard together. It takes working together over time to make things happen. And uh, build Christ's church. Ephesians 4.11 says it, then 12 says that that's what we're about. Expand it, grow it, spread it to others like you've been doing these last 25 years. You've, and then work the garden God has placed you in. Mushrooms, mushrooms grow up very quickly. I've seen them grow overnight. You may have too. And they have their place in this world. But they're also gone very quickly. Trees? Well, trees take a little longer. Years ago, I read about a super tree that would grow to maturity in 18 to 20 years so it could be harvested for pulpwood for paper. Well, that's fast, but it's still 18 to 20 years. It's not a mushroom. Forests, now. Forests take a while. But you know, they are, they are beautiful. They're very beneficial. They're full of life. I want to challenge you, friends. Uh, get past the short-term American vision. You've been working here. A lot of you work for the long haul. Keep on. You see, the start may be small. Remember the mustard seed? Remember the Shiloh end? But the long term is very significant. Remember the California map points. People overestimate. This is a quote from Tony Robbins, motivational speaker, personal trainer. Um, some of this stuff is really good. Some of this stuff is, eh, I don't know about that. But this is really good. People overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can achieve in a decade. Yep. Uh, past 25 years have been won by dedication to the Lord and, and the work, by prayer. Been won by hard work. Been won by perseverance through a lot of difficulties. And been won by the action of God. But what has grown has life and power to it. So plug in here. If you're new, plug in. Commit to make the work go forward. Commit not to, not to see if something's going to happen, but commit to make something happen. Uh, face the challenges ahead. You know, you got some with two campuses coming up now. Face the challenges. Man up. Now, you guys, question for you. Are, are you a man on mission or just a man messing around? Well, if you're messing around, that's, that's where most of us guys are. I challenge you to consider the mission. Step into it. Oh, you, you're going to get older. I mean, 25 years, you'll be 25 years older unless you're dead. But, you know, a lot of good things can happen in those 25 years. How about the work of God? If you're a woman, are you a woman wandering? Wondering? Or are you a woman working? you got a lot to take care of. Make sure that some of what you take care of goes into the kingdom of God. If you will, join God in his work. He will give you what is meaningful. And one day you'll be able to stand, like 25 years now, we're looking back. You'll be able to look back and you'll see a lot of stuff that is the result of your labor and your faith. And you know, on that day that you turn around and you look back at all the meaningful, that'll be 
almost magical. I'd like to call Pastor Randy up to wrap us up. Thank you so much, Harold, for that word. I'd like to give you some time as the band comes up just to consider uh, what your next step might be in response to what he's shared with us, the encouragement he's given us, just to think through that. We don't have anything on the connection card specifically related to the message, but there may be a step that you want to take. And then if you'd like to sign up for a life group, you can do so on the card. And if you'd like to attend the Church in the Valley preview, you can let us know that as well. That would be great. We have some uh, flyers in the program if you're attending the Alhambra campus and you'd like to invite some friends, there's one that you could use for that. There are also some other activities coming up. You could check those out. You can use those as invite cards as well for friends to those things. But really glad you're here. Let's pray. Father, we honor your holy name. We thank you for the truth that really does set us free from uh, thinking that holds us back. And I pray, God, that you, as you've laid things on our hearts this morning, as you've spoken to us, that you give us the power to take the next steps to bring honor and glory to your holy name, to do what you've asked us to do in response. We ask for your help in this, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.